Station. Ladies and The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesselitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well! We got a lot of stuff going on. Let's go ahead and get started like we always do. It's called the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, it was a, uh, I mean, it is a sad day in the Purdue community. I actually saw the tweet last night first from uh, Alan Carpig that Terry Dissinger had passed away. 82, Hall of Famer. You go look at any Purdue scoring record or rebound record or something with both those combined, and he's more than likely in the top five in almost all of those. His 54 career double-doubles, most in program history. Sixth all-time scorer. Third in scoring average. Second all-time in rebounds. First in rebound average by almost three a game. No one's hit more free throws in program history at 713. Next closest is 583. After he got done with Purdue, Dissinger went on to win a gold medal for Team USA in 1960. Drafted first uh, in the second round by the Chicago Zephyrs. He'd only play part-time as he wanted to finish his chemical engineering degree from Purdue. So he go during the week. He do his Purdue stuff, then he'd go on the weekends and holidays and play for Chicago. And despite all that, he still found a way to win NBA Rookie of the Year at 65. Not 65, it was like 62. In 65, he had to go fulfill his uh, ROTC enlistment. They shipped him off to Hawaii. Played more basketball there, studied dentistry, later become an orthodontist. You should go down and read the Wikipedia, man. It's uh, it's something. Probably doesn't get enough respect either for the accomplishments that he had. We talk about Purdue all-time greatest players. Maybe not a name that automatically jumps out there first for you. But definitely one of those guys that gets mentioned in all the all-time greats here at Purdue. The future of the Blackhawks debuts tonight. Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks will head to Pittsburgh. They take on the Penguins on opening night, 8 p.m. on ESPN. I should get the most updated ones here, but uh, if you give me a second, we'll be able to do that. Purdue Golf yesterday, they did play two rounds back-to-back and uh, surged in that second round. So they came in day three. They clawed their way back to second place when last time I checked not long ago. And now they've climbed their way all the way into first place. What were they yesterday? Eighth after round one? 
back in first place. 25 strokes better in round two than they were in round one. Their second round, 276, tied for the best score yesterday with uh, eighth ranked, 87th ranked Nebraska. Sorry, it's uh, the ninth ranked Illini here. So they're on Ackerman Allen. They're doing their thing. In first through 14-15. And they've got a one-stroke lead on Illinois State, who's uh, about one ahead of them. Illinois State's one over for the day. Produced seven under today. Nobody's even close. The one other team under par today. Let's go. Over on the individual side, Herman Seckney was outside of the top 20 yesterday when we talked. Now just two strokes through 14 off of the lead. And Jackson Buchanan of Illinois, who is uh, two strokes in front of him. Sekney is six under for the day, and that looks to be the best score of the day so far. Buchanan, I believe, has the second best at four under. Other Boilermakers doing the most here today. Sam Eastbrook. He's even on the day, two under. That is good for ninth. Peyton Snowberger. Man, he's dropped on the last couple of holes here, but uh, he's at two over. He's at 22nd. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see if uh, Purdue can mount the huge comeback and uh, take home that Purdue fall invite title. And then best of luck to volleyball tonight. They are in action 6 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. They're heading to Bloomington. It is the battle for the Monon Spike. Let's go. Best of luck to Dave Shondell and company. And that is today's Need to Know News. All right. I First off, last night, Jacoby Myers, you're welcome. If you're like me and sprinkled the uh, first touchdown at plus 1,300, you're doing even better. You'll love to see it. Let's continue tonight. Hockey's been profitable. Hockey's been profitable. And now here we go. It's the start of the regular season, and we're looking to take advantage of some guys here tonight. Mrazic's in goal. His save total's 31 and a half. Leaning over here. That hit 63% of away games last year. Chicago gave up the fourth most shots on goal per game at 33.6. So I'm in on that. If you want to go the other way in that game, Tristan Jari's at 25.5. He went over 25.5 saves in 66% of his starts last year, hitting six of his last eight. Pittsburgh gave up the eighth most shots on goal. They invested a lot in defense, though. In the offseason. So I'm not sure they're going to be as liable on defense as they were. Uh, other low totals here. Aiden Hills over 26.5 for Vegas tonight. You know, they're lifting the banner, hitting four of his last five, seven of his last nine. Seattle averaged over 31 shots per game. That's kind of low. Aiden Hill's another guy. Put him on the radar. I also like shots on goal props. Philip Forsberg, over two and a half shots on goal. Had 15-plus shot attempts in two preseason games. 
He's over in Tampa now. They take the most shots. Uh, they take the most penalty. Uh, I'm sorry, they're taking on uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, in Tampa, number one in penalty minutes. And he plays on the power play. We like Forsberg tonight. Connor Bedard will go ahead and ride with the rookie over two and a half shots on goal. He had 12 in three preseason games. Pittsburgh last year, fourth worst against centers in shots on goal. Then we also, again, we'll go out to Vegas. Jonathan Marchessault, over two and a half shots on goal. 72% hit rate at home last season. So we're staying with proven guys here. Forsberg, Bedard, Marchessault, all over two and a half shots on goal. And then the save department, we like uh, Mrazek. And we like Aiden Hill on the overs. Best of luck tonight. Our friends over at DraftKings have got a 50% boost. I would like to remind you, too, that there is a difference on the books when you play these shots on goal props. When you do it over on uh, DraftKings, it looks like they don't make it a 60. They, don't, they include overtime. FanDuel's not going to include those overtime shots. They just don't. Which kind of stinks. Slightly better odds, but they won't let you backdoor it. They do have a prop bet that I like. They do have a boost over there on FanDuel. It's like plus 200 on Bedard and Crosby, both to get three plus shots. I will be partaking in that tonight. Can't wait. Hockey's back. Let's go. Let's make some money tonight, too. We're going to take a little break. Hang tight, though. We're going to come right back. Uh, I got Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos. He's my guest next, so stick around for that. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammered. 101. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, Pat Shanley awaits us here. Lafayette Jeff Broncos coming off a 43 6 win over Marion last week. Good rebound for the McCutcheon game. Uh, the stat lines all look very good, Coach. Uh, we talked last week, and you mentioned this is uh, you're doing like, what, like a cultural reset, right? You're just trying to take things back to square one here with the team, and uh, it seems like you got a pretty good response, just judging by uh, the stat lines and uh, what the final score ended up being. Yeah, obviously, you know it, it's you know you're not going to flip everything around and, and get everything going the, the in a perfect direction uh, in one week, so. You know, we're still a work in progress. We still got uh, you know things that uh, we're trying to really reinforce and and really reestablish within our program. Kids did a great job Monday uh, to start off this week, and uh, you know we, we as coaches just we're going to remain consistent and 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 persistent in, in our expectations. And you know, like I said, uh, you know, kids responded well last week. Responded well Monday. I know you're uh, still hoping to get Key and Crowder back uh, sooner rather than later, but. You know, your freshman, Tristan Barrett, man, great line for him, 17-28, 302 yards, five touchdowns, and most importantly, no INTs there taking care of the football for you. Talk a little bit about uh, the step your uh, freshman took last week, a quarterback. Yeah, you know, he, he took a real positive step. His preparation was really, really good. Uh, put in a lot of extra work with you know, Coach Richard, Coach McGuire, Coach Warner. Uh, just to make sure that he was, you know, really confident in, in what we were going to be asking him to do, and and uh, you know, I think the results of that was he played at a at a much higher level, um, you know, this week. Uh, not that he played poorly before, but uh, there was just a, a even more confidence about him and, and a lot more conviction um, with the throws that he made. So, 
uh, we're, we're looking forward to him, you know, hopefully taking another big step this week. Uh, obviously, Kokomo's really, really good, and it's going to be a great test for our entire team. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the things, too, we, we talked about was getting those uh, that, that football out to some of those receivers there. Yeah, you know, DJ Young, seven catches, 172, three touchdowns. We, we talked about him, but I'll tell you what. Um, I I don't I don't know if he gets as much ink as he deserves because he's been a, a rock I think for you guys this year and uh, just generating those uh, receiving yards uh, that might have been one of his best performances of the year. Uh, tell me a little bit more about DJ, your senior at wide receiver. Yeah, DJ he was in a crowded wide receiver group last year and, and you know split time between JV and varsity as a junior, uh, but. He's a kid that we've always been really high on and, and really believed in because of his work ethic, his demeanor, uh, how well he carries himself, how hard he, he practices each and every day. I think what stands out to us as coaches here um, is his transformation as a leader. He's really taken ownership of the wide receiver group and really just the whole offense in general and, and tried to, to be a guy that uh, is being an extension of our coaching staff in the locker room. You know, at practice, you know, making sure that uh, the things that we're asking are getting done and get done at a high level. This week, you guys get uh, Kokomo. You know, the Wildcats are flying high there in 4A. Uh, got clipped by McCutcheon uh, about a month ago, but uh, now they're back to their winning ways. Back to back wins for them. I think they put up nearly 100 points over the last two weeks. Uh, I mean, they're good on both sides of the ball, coach, not just on offense, you know, but defense. I think they're only giving about 10 points per game. Uh, this is uh, one of the better Kokomo Wildcat teams that I've seen in, in, in quite some time uh, under uh, Austin Colby. Yeah, and tip your cap to their coaching staff. You know, they, they think maybe some people outside of their program wrote them off after last year's senior class that they graduated. But, uh, you know, the Colby's doing what they do. They, they reloaded this year, and, and uh, you know, some might argue that they're even better this year than what they were last year. So, again, I think that's a credit Um to, to their off-season program and their, their kids' love for their coaches and, and their community. They, they are uh, playing really, really good football with guys who were playing JV football the year before. So um, they, they're really good. All, yeah, as you mentioned, um, they were in a dogfight with, with McCutcheon, and uh, you know that game really could have gone either way. Um, but in many respects, other games, they, they haven't really been tested. So you know, we're, we're hoping to you know, drive an hour over there and, and uh, line up and, and, you know, regardless of the weather, regardless of what's going on, and just uh, – you know, hopefully we, we have guys who are eager and ready to match the physicality that they bring because, as, as you know and as you're aware, um, each and every time you play Kokomo, um, they're, they're going to try to take it to you. It's a it's assignment football on defense, too, with them, Coach, isn't it? I mean, uh, they just got a, a lot of speed in the backfield and, and a lot of different ways to burn you. If you catch guys out of position, that's what they're hoping to do is kind of lull you to sleep, so to speak. Um, what's been the message for your defense this week, and, and who really concerns you the most when it comes to the Kokomo offense? Well, they've got a lot of guys. Yeah, their quarterback is really good. They've got two really good wingbacks. Their tight end can really catch it and scoot. Um, so, And they're just really, really good up front. They're really well coached, um, it, it, like they are every year. So it, it's to, to answer your question, they all concern us uh, because each and every guy that they have, every skill position player that they have can – can take it to the house at any second. So, like you mentioned, we're going to have to play really good, sound assignment football. We're going to have to match the physicality uh, in the trenches. Um, if they're getting four to five yards a pop on first and second down, that plays right into their game plan. So we, we've got to try to get them off schedule on, on early downs, and uh, hopefully we can force them into some third and longs. How important is it uh, as a coach to see you know, that effort, ha- have a good opponent see the good effort here right before – you hit that bye week going into your sectional opener. 
Um, I, I mean, look, we, we talked about you know, last week, like you said, you needed a little bit of a reset here, but to really kind of refocus that effort and everything, I, this game I, I think is almost more important than game one on the season, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, we, we've, you know, we're, we're sitting at four and four, uh, teams where, um, maybe we weren't predicted to win, uh, those games we've not won. So we, we've really challenged our guys this week in that, you know, I think most people outside of our program don't believe this is a team that, that we should beat. Uh, so let's go, let's go try to win one. Let's go win one. Uh, maybe that people aren't predicting, um, that, that we can win. And, and we're really, like we did last year, we're really trying to approach it like a playoff game. Um, it's going to have, you know, that type of atmosphere. It always does at Kokomo. Um, it's going to be a playoff, you know, a playoff uh, championship caliber opponent. You know, I know they've got uh, aspirations to have a deep postseason run uh, themselves. So, you know, it, uh, it's what you want this time of year. Uh, you want to play a team that, that's going to force you to play your best in order to, to be successful. Coach Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos. Again, they head over to Kokomo 7 o'clock on Friday night, and then uh, they'll get the week off next week as uh, sectionals open up. Coach, it's always a pleasure talking football with you here. Uh, I thank you for the time, and best of luck Friday night. Hey, thanks, Jared. Thanks again for all Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We're back over to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, and we got those crazy kids from Purdue Sports on with us here. Guys, uh, always a pleasure talking with you on a Tuesday. It's going to be a busy Boilermaker week, and a lot of Hammer Down cancer stuff going on. Uh, this week, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Madison Thursday soccer, Penn State. Uh, that is a hammer down cancer game. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so like you said, Thursday soccer is back at Folk Field, taking on Penn State at 7 p.m. It's our hammer down cancer game, so we'll have game worn jerseys being auctioned off. That auction is actually already open, and it'll stay open until Friday at 11:59 a.m. So if you want to learn more information about that, you can head to the soccer page on PurdueSports.com. And if there's a hammer down cancer hoodie, maybe a uh, tassel cap as well, Madison's probably going to need one of those because uh, she's freezing her tukas off in that box. Uh, and it's <laughs> going to be, it, it, you know, it's going to be in the 70s. She'll be okay. But we're worried about that last game at home against uh, Minnesota. Let's go to football on Saturday night. Another ham- hammer down cancer game. Ohio State's in town. Uh, we're looking for some magic here, but you can be in attendance and uh, you can help support a great cause, hammer down cancer. Tell me a little bit about everything we got going on Saturday. Saturday for football at noon. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, uh, we play Ohio State uh, this Saturday at noon. We do still have tickets available, and we actually have a new two-pack available for this game and our last home game against IU. So you can get a ticket to both of those games um, on the east sideline, so a pretty good seat there, um, for $175, and that saves you about $45 for our normal ticket price. So if you're looking to come to two more games this season and don't have tickets yet, um, you can take advantage of that two-pack and save yourself some money. But like you mentioned, it is our Hammer Down Cancer game, and it is our Boilermaker Blackout game. So we're encouraging fans to wear black and also help us Hammer Down Cancer. Um, we have specialty Hammer Down Cancer t-shirts available, and we'll have a lot of elements in-game as well um, for Hammer Down Cancer. And then uh, that'll get us through the weekend. Volleyball's back midweek. Uh, I know they're playing IU this Wednesday, but they're going to be back at Holloway taking on those jerks from Indiana uh, next Wednesday. And uh, volleyball sold out, isn't it, Scott? Yeah, volleyball is sold out. But as you said, uh, next Wednesday, the 18th, volleyball is back in Holloway after a quick little road trip. Um, it is going to be a blackout. So we're encouraging all fans to wear black. 
and we'll be giving uh, black rally towels out to early arriving fans. I love it. All right. Uh, we are getting into basketball. Uh, Coach Gerald's yesterday at Media Day. Coach Painter and company today at Media Day. So it's time to start talking about hoops here. First off, uh, there is a fan day coming up, but let's talk a little bit about uh, basketball tickets. Now, uh, I know the men's tickets have been a very hot item. The women's uh, team is selling a bunch of tickets. So uh, are there still shots for me to get basketball tickets for men and women? Yes, yeah, so they have not got on sale yet our single-game tickets. For women's basketball, you can currently purchase a season ticket, and those are on sale now. We've actually sold um, more season tickets than we sold last year already for women's basketball, so people are excited about this upcoming season. Um, but for single-game tickets, for both men's and women's, they go on sale Friday, October 20th at 9 a.m. to the general public. But, of course, if you're a John Purdue Club member, you get early access starting as soon as Tuesday, October 17th. All the information is on PurdueSports.com. But, again, if you'd like early access to get some tickets before the general public, and as a reminder, last year we did sell out um, a few games, actually, before we got to our general public on sale. So pretty much those games are exclusive to our John Purdue Club members. You can um, call us, and you can sign up to be a part of the John Purdue Club to get that early access for tickets. Super awesome. And then excited fan day is coming up, October 21st. Basketball fan day. Tell me about this event. Yeah, so as you said, it's October 21st. Doors to Mac, you're going to open up at 9 a.m. Um, we'll start off with the women's basketball team practice at about 10. That'll go for about an hour and a half. And then there'll be a joint autograph session with the men's and women's team. Um, that'll be about an hour until 1245 or so. And then uh, fans can stick around and watch the men's team practice starting at 1. Okay, um, and so you guys will have all the details on uh, that. Probably post at PurdueSports.com, correct? That's correct, yep, and it is a free event to attend, so you do not need a ticket to attend our basketball fan day. All right, so bring the kids out. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Put it on the calendar now. That's October the 21st. Uh, guys, uh, just going to be a great week of uh, tackling cancer. I'm excited for that, and a great week of Purdue athletics. Boiler up, guys. Boiler up. There you go. A lot of stuff going on this week. A lot of hand-over-down cancer stuff. I heard they, uh, you know, we talked last week about doing the uh, the halftime messages, but I think those are sold out, which is crazy. All right, today is uh, Big Ten Media Day. It is in Chicago. Did we get a whole lot of stuff? Um, spoiler alert, no. Um, look, these things... I've been to a bunch of them. You talk to the players, you can get some fun questions and answers out of them, which is cool. But you're not going to get a ton. I, I, for one, love listening to Matt Painter talk about basketball. But the questions that he was going to get asked from other media was so predictable. And how do you handle that loss? And, you know, what it is, all this stuff. And... It's such a rehashing of last year. But you talk to the kids when you go to these things, and a lot of times you'll get, you can ask them some fun questions, get them to loosen up a little bit. But I don't know how much you really find out about the teams. You know? What do you expect to hear about Purdue today? I'm not saying it's wasted time for anybody or anything like that, but honestly, what do you what are you gonna expect? They're gonna tell you exactly what you already know. 
All those starters back, yeah, they're better. How are they doing? How's it looking? Oh, we're improved. Of course. Nobody's going to sit here and say, ah, we took a step back. Miles Colvin. Yeah, oh, dude. Athletic crazy. When people see him, I, uh, yeah, we've been seeing. We know. Now, I know this is supposed to get some hype around the conference. We do these little, uh, you know, rankings. We, we we come up with the first and second team. And we're trying to get the buzz going ahead of the season. I mean, that's what these things do. If you're looking to get anything earth-shattering or these amazing quotes, uh, we're not. Nobody, nobody wants to start the season putting bulletin board material anywhere. It just it doesn't happen. It's all the way up in Minneapolis. It is what it is. Look, I like listening just because anytime Coach Painter talks about basketball, I want I, I want to listen. I, I love listening to him talk about the game. It's the best. But in terms of really learning anything, trying to predict what's going to happen, I mean, we went through this with football. You're not going to get, and they were particularly tight-lipped. But I just don't know how much you're really going to get. I think the questions that you do want to ask about, you know, the the charity game things, can we can we allow more of those? Because I think that's a good way to get in these extra uh, exhibitions against quality opponents and raise some money for a good cause. Um, I, I mean, that's something that I, I would like to see. You know, I sure a lot of, a lot of questions today around Zachy. Why'd you come back? Why do it? I mean, almost every question was going to, you knew it was going to be about the NCAA tournament. They're not going to, media outside of ours is not going to let go of that. You know, and you're hoping for some health of everybody, but it, Ethan Morton says that, uh, you know, he continues to get better, which is great. Zach had the concussion. We're good to go there. Said it's going to be all overly positive. No gloom and doom. Nobody's going to go, ah, we can't rebound the ball this year. It's going to be our problem. Like, you know, not that it is going to be produced problem. You just don't ever hear that stuff. But this one's particularly hard to listen to some of the stuff just because of the NCAA questions. I mean, it's going to linger. It's going to be brought up in every broadcast this year. It's going to be like that until Matt Painter wins a title. It's just that's the way it is. We also used to take this time to do uh, you know, first team, second team, and talk about that. You know, we touched on it because they released that the other day. And, you know, obviously Zach's the player of the year. You know this. He should be the player of the year. Whether or not another Purdue player should make the first or second team, maybe the second team, that is debatable. 
But again, I think the preseason things are stupid because, well, I want to be on the postseason team, not the preseason team. You make the preseason team, you don't make the postseason, that means you were overhyped. It is interesting to see what media and people tend to think about the hierarchy of the conference, especially the national guys and where they rank. And everybody's got Purdue at the top or in that top position. Michigan State is right there. And then good luck with everybody else. And then there's Minnesota at the end. And Penn State. It's not the only thing. And we go through this. It's like that every year. You get two teams maybe that are in that top tier, another three teams in that second tier, and then there's a whole big gaggle of everybody that you know might threaten to make an NCAA berth, and then you're going to have like two teams at the bottom that are just absolutely terrible. Like you said, it, it's Big Ten Media Day. I, I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot of revelations. They are what they are, and that's okay. But I, it's hard for me to listen to a lot of it because so much of this is how it is what happens after the NCAA tournament, and I just do not want that to be the narrative all season long. I can't handle it. I can't take it. It's hard enough to get past it in April and into May. But can you imagine if we had to rehash this through, you know, November, December? Maybe you get a little break in January, and then as soon as we start talking about the NCAA tournament again, it'll fire it right back up. I can't take it. Just can't do it. But it'll be interesting to see here expectations out of the fan base. Now, what do you expect here? Where are you setting a bar? What do you consider a successful season for Purdue men's basketball this season? I'm not ready to set a bar just yet. But you would think with a returning national player of the year, you would think with adding in guys like Heidi and Colvin, and with, you know, your returning starters. Right now, I set the bar Sweet 16. Anything after Sweet 16 is gravy by me. I could move that to the Elite Eight. But I want to see this team in action. I still have questions. Questions about what the three-point line is going to look like tonight. Or not tonight, but this season. And, you know, who's going to knock down those shots? You know, who's good from the outside? Has Purdue addressed the issues that plagued them last season? And I know I could ask if Zach E's going to get calls, but let's face it. Doesn't matter even if he is the national player of the year. You know, we're going to be looking around going, I can't believe he's not getting these foul calls. He's going to continue to get the snot beat out of him. You just know it. See, I don't need Big Ten Media Day to know all this stuff. You don't need Big Ten Media Day to know all this stuff. You already do. We'll take our final break. We'll come back. Things we may have missed and more next. Hey, welcome back to the... Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Big thanks to Pat Shanley for being on earlier. Of course, the folks from Purdue Sports as well. Uh, tomorrow, I'll have another pair of uh, Purdue Ohio State football tickets for you to win. 
So you make sure you tune in for that. We'll also have, uh, let's see here. We are there, so I will have Coach uh, Brian Nay on tomorrow. And uh, I believe we'll also have uh, Coach Terry Peebles on tomorrow as well. So doubleheader of your high school uh, football coaches. I want to get into some of the things that we may have missed. Uh, This was sad. ESPN released a video uh, about this, but Barry Melrose has come out and, and spoken that he has Parkinson's disease, and he'll be stepping away from ESPN now. It's... That's sad. I've liked Barry. I've not always agreed with Barry. But, you know, after we just lost uh, Tim Wakefield in the way that we did, um, and, you know, Barry's meant a lot to the to the game of hockey and the coverage of hockey and the uh, amount of time that he's put in. You don't want to see something like Parkinson's happen to anybody. But, uh, yeah, the uh, ESPN coverage is going to take a hit because... Now, him and Bouchagross are just, they're great over there. Absolutely great. You hate it when the sport loses uh, one of its uh, biggest figures like that. So best of luck to you, Barry Melrose. Uh, You will be missed. This is what NIL was designed for. Caitlin Clark will now join Patrick Mahomes, Chris Paul, as a State Farm uh Endorser, she becomes the first college athlete to sign with State Farm. So I'm assuming you'll start seeing her on commercials sooner rather than later. This is what the NIL was uh, created for, to let these uh, high-priced athletes be able to do these kind of brand deals, bring in the money. And she's taking advantage of it. Good for her. I don't have any problem when they do this. The only problem I have in NIL is when we're doing charity work and getting paid for it. Or rather, you, the fan, is chipping in to pay for it. Right? More of that in a second. Check it back in with uh, Purdue. Herman Seckney through 17 with the top group. Trails by one shot here. He has two eagles today in the third round. So they're on the par three on five, I believe, is is where they're at. But still looking like he'll be at least a top three. Uh, At least if he birdies it, I'm pretty sure that guarantees him a top three, which would be good. Purdue, as a team, owns a four-stroke lead. They are 10 under for the day. Next best is even by Illinois. That's something. Good for them. Purdue Meds Golf. Well, if they just didn't struggle on that uh, first round, they'd be money. I'm starting to think this is the best deal in advertising. The Sphere in Las Vegas. $2.3 billion that thing cost. And for a four-hour window for you to advertise on the Sphere... 450K. I have seen more videos of this thing in the last month than any billboard that I have driven past in my life. 
This thing is everywhere. Did you see the new one uh, yesterday with the guys golfing? It had the little face, and the face looked like he was watching the guys drive the entire way on the wind course. Did you see the videos from inside this thing? Everybody's fascinated by it. And I balked at $450,000. But, yo, ESPN put their Monday Night Football logo on it Monday night. Did a shot there. Oh, my goodness. I think that thing's worth every penny. Whatever you're promoting. Like, if that's if there's an event going on in town, and everybody's taking pictures of this thing, everyone's looking at it, they see it clearly at night, from all down the strip, that might be the best value right now in all of marketing. And finally, speaking of NIL from earlier, on his radio show... Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops, quote, fans have the right to complain. I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those dudes are doing. I can promise you, Georgia, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to do that these days. We could use some help. And he did this while kind of just like slinking back in his chair, kind of just sitting back. Come on, man. I am so sick and tired of this argument here. That I, the fan, have to kick in to just flat out pay these people. Fans are going to get tired of it. They're going to get tired of it real quick. The big money guys, cool. They can chip in. They're good. You and I, you know, what, what, what's the average salary for the state of Kentucky? What, what, what's the average round? What's the average person make? Like 50 and that, Lord knows that doesn't go as far as it used to because of the cost of things. The game day experience is more expensive these days. You got to donate to the school. You got to pay for the tickets. You got to buy uh, all of the, uh, the the merchandise and the players go with the NIL store. You got to buy my stuff there. You're not real. So you got to do this. Now, I got a guy who makes eight and a half million dollars a year telling me I got to pay more money for him to be better at his job. You gotta be kidding me. If it were that simple, and I'm sure the SEC has thought about it, you ought to pay somebody a whole bunch of, if you're gonna be paying that kind of money, peel that off, pay it to some dumbo that's going to donate all of it after taxes as a made up job and put it into the slush fund. Eight million. So why am I paying you? If I'm Kentucky, I'm asking myself, why am I paying you eight million dollars then? Why am I giving you the money? If it's just as easy as giving it to the players and buying the players, why am I giving you the eight million dollars a year then? If that's what's going on, I'm sick and tired of the fan being told you gotta pay more. If you want to be happy, you gotta pay more. It's bad enough when I get the text from the politicians that already get paid my tax dollars telling me that I got to pay more money for them to keep their job. It's the same thing here. I mean, I got to pay you more for you to keep your job, to be good at your job. Go be good at your job. Get paid way more than me. 
It's the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Ugh. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Playoff baseball coming up this evening, so stick around. We'll have that coverage for you here tonight. And then I'll be back again tomorrow at 3 o'clock with those Purdue-Ohio State football tickets for you and more Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7.